stay warm and dry this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Argentine football podcast in the English language. That is an absolute guarantee. Um, I'm joined this week by Remy Lehman. Good evening. Welcome back, Remy. It's been a couple of months. I think the last time I was here, uh, River was uh, playing against maybe Tigris that night. Oh, funny that. <laughs> Nicely circular. Um, and by Andres Bruckner. Hello, well, good evening is just just a way of saying that. Yes, it's tipping. Well, actually, now it doesn't look too bad out there anymore, but uh, it has been tipping it down in Buenos Aires. Um, we were due to be joined by Mr. Richards as well, but unfortunately he's been unable to make it. He's a very, very busy man these days and has been stuck in traffic. Um, before we go any further, I shall mention our sponsors. We need to say thank you indeed, very much indeed to the Argentina Independent, who provide our alcohol each week. Um, they are a fine source of English language news, current affairs and photo essays and historical bits and pieces um, from Argentina and across Latin America. Among the highlights this week, by the way, one that I read a couple of days ago and was um, entertained by, is an article about the history of the Welsh settlements down in Patagonia, because apparently they celebrated their 150th anniversary uh, three or four days ago. Uh, so that was interesting. Check it out. I might retweet it on the hand of pod. Um, Twitter account if I can find it. Um, onward, first of all, and we shall get round to the Copa Libertadores final first leg a little bit later on, but first of all, we're going to read out the classified football results from last weekend. Um, those were Aldo Civi nil, Tempele nil, Gimnasia Estrima La Plata 2, Crucero del Norte 1, Sarmiento nil, Tigre 1, River Plate 3, Colón 1, Union nil, Banfield nil, Independiente 2, Atletico de Rafaela nil, scroll down a bit, Vélez Sarsfield nil, Olimpo de Bahia Blanca 2, Godoy Cruz, Antonio Tomba 1, San Lorenzo de Almagro 1, Newell's Old Boys nil, Rosario Central 1, Quilmes 2, Racing Club 1, Huracán 1, Estudiantes de la Plata nil, Lanús nil, Defensa Justicia 1, Belgrano de Córdoba nil, Boca Juniors 1, Nueva Chicago nil, San Martín nil. Dreadful match, that one. And Arsenal de Sarandí, three. Argentinos Juniors, two. Um, whilst reading those scores out, I've just been reminded by myself uh, that I was planning on inviting on a special guest this week, somebody who attended the Rosario Clásico at the weekend. Completely forgot to send him a direct message on Twitter. So if you're listening, Richard Martin, uh, sorry, and hopefully we'll have you on next week or the week after to review the Libertadores final second leg or something, um, and also to discuss your impressions of the Rosario Clásico. Uh, but I guess we should start there anyway, the Rosario Clásico. None of us were there, were we? No. No? 
What a shame. Uh, maybe one of you had surprised me, I don't know. Um, it was a, was a taut match. Not a particularly good one, it must be said. Um, but Rosario Central completely deserved the win. Something like three times as many shots as... We are so used to say it was a normal or a, a usual classical uh, in the way of speaking of uh, 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 the both the both teams being the arch rivals, the rivals of all, all uh, every time life, every day, and, and uh, to, to so so there was such an atmosphere of the 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 match we must win, and well, of course the supporters are the main uh, uh, they provoke this of the 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 match of our lives, and then when the match is the ball is is uh, rolling is uh, a lot of uh, 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 fascinating and, and uh, uh, preview and then the match is well not awful but uh, boring at least yeah and I was taken about first of all a couple of uh, apologies for the what's wrong with these people Apologies for the people outside doing that. Um, first of all, I was quite taken aback by how little uh, Neil's old boys seemed to care about it. It, it. Especially the second half, you were expecting them to start pushing forward, to start, first of all, going for the win, um, obviously, the, the, the home side. And then when they fell behind, they just seemed to lose all interest, which was a bit bizarre. But a couple of uh, nicely historical stats. It's the first time um, in Rosario... Classical history that either side, sorry, in the professional era, that either side has won four straight Classical Rosarinos, and it's the first time that Central have ever, in the professional or amateur eras, won. Um, it might be the first time ever that either of them have won it. I don't know whether Newell's won four in a row in the amateur era. Uh, these statisticians who are tweeting these stats are infuriatingly. Um, and, un, and last episode, uh, I, I, I said that uh, Rosario Central. Took an advantage of six matches ahead of, of news, and I I think I was wrong because I at least I heard we we should check that that the Rosario Central is now eight eight games or matches ahead of of news in terms of the historical uh, uh, yes this history of of matches played by 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 them. We shall uh, look it up now according to Wikipedia, which as we all know is always one hundred percent trustworthy. Um, Estadística, um, including is this completed up to today? It doesn't say, um, but it would appear that it, it ah right now there we are. So in solely in um, competitive matches, Central now have a twelve match advantage. If we include friendlies as well, according to Wikipedia, it's seven matches. So in competitive games only, which is Liga Rosarina de Football from 1905 to 1930, and then starting in the uh, uh, the professional era of the Asociación Rosarina de Football, and then from 1939 onwards, the two sides join the the AFA, um, and including a couple of continental matches. Uh, Central, according to Wikipedia, have 86 wins. Newells have 74, so that's 12 difference with 97 draws. And if we add in 
the various friendlies they've played, of which there are 70. It's 109 to 102 in Central's favour, with 114 draws. Um, what it doesn't say is whether that includes Sunday's match or not. Well, I, I said the last, last episode that Rosalind Trejo had an advantage of six matches, so I was, so I was right then. Because now Central is seven games. Mm. If you include that friendly as well, uh, you will you will find a lot of uh, information. Uh, in fact, you are you are saying now that there is an history that tells uh, continental matches, another that tells the uh, takes into account the, the friendlies. Well, it's a lot of information of, of data. But uh, what, what is strange about for me about news uh, about the way they played. Uh, this important match is that they, with Bernardi as a coach, started brilliantly uh, defeating Racing in 3 0. Yeah, thrashing with them. Uh, just completely playing on the bench and then lost. No, they, no, had, they, they got, got a draw, a draw right, nil nil, yeah. and now uh, they, this, this uh, defeat against Rosario Central is like uh, they, uh, news with Bernardi started to be not that regular. That, that uh, uh, constant in terms of, of performance. Well, yeah. One draw, one draw, one defeat, and one win. And it's quite. It, it, it underlines what we said, in fact, after that that win against Racing, which was that a lot of the Argentine media after that match were pining over each other to, to heap praise on Lucas Bernardi to say he was the best manager to have come out of Argentina since Marcelo Bielsa and all the rest of it, um, seemingly at least. And you know, very few people were saying, hang on a second, it's one match. Uh, since when? He's not, he's not managed to win either of the, the two subsequent ones, he just lost the Clásico. A Clásico which, of course, it was also Eduardo Cordet's uh, first Clásico? Yes. Yes, of course it was, yeah, because they, they didn't play in the first half of the year, but they, they've got the, the, the reverse fixture coming up. Um, and Cordet afterwards told the, uh, the television cameras that uh, he, he's now received his certificate he's graduated as a Rosario Central manager um, now with this win which I think gives you some idea of um, the position that, that the rivalry holds in Rosario bearing in mind that prior to that match his side had played 19 matches and lost once and that once was to um, a River Plate side who I guess we have to say are the best side in South America at the moment given that they're in the final of the Copa Libertadores against a side who aren't actually in South America um, it's not a bad record at all, but it was the, the classical win which actually allowed him to say, now I'm a central coach, now I can call myself a central manager. Yeah. It's, it tells you a lot about <clears throat> football culture in, in Rosario. Um, of course, here in Buenos Aires, we have many professional football sides. I think if we take in the greater metropolitan area, we can go as far as say there's at least 60 professional teams. But in spite of uh, classicals that you have here, like uh, Racing Independiente or uh, River Boca, um, when I visited uh, Rosario, I really felt the rivalry between the uh, two teams, not even on a match day, just a regular day visiting the city, actually during the World Cup uh, uh, last year. And everybody I spoke to said, yeah, this World Cup is important, yeah, Argentina, well, we should be world champions, but no. But people identified with either of those clubs, and if you just uh, walk yes. through the city, you see all these murals on every street corner, either for one or another side, Yes, it's really intense. Racing Independiente, eh, Colón Unión, Rosario Central, Nules are, are, are classicos, different classicos in terms of how people 
take part of one or other team because the teams of the city and uh, as I said last uh, last episode also they have for example uh, uh, dates in which they commemorate uh, special uh, stuff in, in matches like the Pedro Poi goal or, or the, 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 the match in which one uh, the supporters of one team abandoned a match or, or made it suspend so in particular uh, things about matches that, are, that doesn't occur in well River Boca are more general more of course national wide and the Rosario uh, Central News is I think the most passionate of those of Colón Unión Racing Independiente uh, and well Rosario Central News I think or my opinion is that is most more passionate of, of, of those Yeah. One of uh, one of the Newell's fans uh, can uh, confirm that uh, when he uh, disguised as a Central fan went to the stands, uh, but uh, uh, people found out, and he was uh, no, it wasn't disguised. Yeah, no, it was some somebody thought they yeah. recognized him or something because he you wouldn't yeah. go into Newell's Stadium to some uh, as a Central no. fan, no, no, there are no Central fans there. But yeah, so, somebody thought that they recognized him and that he was somebody that he actually turned out yes. not to be. And yeah. they kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, they, they completely uh, stripped him nude uh, and he was kicked out directly of the, the stadium. Mm. Um, we're going to have the opportunity, of course, to talk about another Rosario Clásico in five or six weeks to 20th of September that weekend. So that's in uh, just under two months' time because, of course, all of the, that's the weekend that all of the Clásicos take place in. That's going to be up. The great planning by uh, AFA. Yeah, not... A, Ridiculous and we have an, another legislation at all. another thing to mention about AFA. If you want afterwards about the the hilarious uh, returning returning points to Arsenal against. Oh Lewis. yeah, I forgot about that. We shall um, actually we may as well mention that now because I think right. we've we've stopped talking about the, the Rosario Clasico and uh, we may as well mention that on on Monday Arsenal had the very rare experience um, of picking up not three points but six. Um, Arsenal, of course. On some, as of Sunday night slash Monday morning had a league record uh, which only had one um, victory in, in, in the game's one column and that now reads three in spite of the fact that they've only played one game since because you may remember that funnily enough against Newell's Old Boys um, earlier in the year they recorded a 1-0 win which was later chalked off and awarded as a no sorry it was a 3-0 three, yes. win and was later chalked off and awarded no it was a 1-0 win 1-0 win, which was awarded as a 3-0 win to Newell's, um, because Arsenal had fielded a player who was suspended, namely Leandro Yes. Um, and this has been coming and going ever since. Arsenal appealed, and the basis of their appeal was that they didn't know he was suspended, he didn't know he was suspended, and they didn't mean anything wrong by it. Uh, which you kind of expect them to say, and which you sort of expect to be laughed out, and for the effort to say, no, you have to suck up your punishment like men um, but in this case the AFA said no you know what actually yeah okay you can have the 1-0 win um, somebody forgot to send the memo to the club apparently who knows Leandro Godoy uh, remains provisionally suspended but um, Arsenal have now Newell's had the three points drop, docked off them and Arsenal have had them awarded hours later uh, they produced the highest scoring match of the weekend I think I don't think there was any... No, yep, that's correct. The highest scoring match of the whole weekend. It was the very last match. And, of course, it was the one match of the whole weekend that I decided I couldn't really be bothered to watch 
because why would you want to watch Arsenal this R&D against Argentinos Juniors at 6 o'clock on a Monday evening when you could go to the pub and have a couple of pints instead um, I got back and saw the final score and was most annoyed until I discovered that in fact Argentinos was still 3-0 down with 10 minutes to go and then decided to start throwing everything they had forwards and got a couple of goals I think the, back. the, the poor, poor guy in this story is Martin Palermo who was the coach at that moment when Arsenal <laughs> got that uh, finally that victory against Nielsen and they, they got their points quick because of this thing which was not regular that uh, putting Godoy when he was suspended and now the points are there with Ricardo Carlos Lombardi as the main who received the benefit of those points, points when he's the, the coach not Palermo so <laughs> things about that also Sorry to interrupt, but uh, it's just breaking out on Twitter that Daniel Osvaldo is currently in Uruguay signing for Sudamerica. Andres is struggling to keep a straight face because he knows what that means. It means that Osvaldo is about to be triangulated um, to a European club, I suspect. Sudamerica are the club um, whose registration... Um, uh, th through whom the registrations of various Argentine players travelled before heading off to Europe uh, a few years ago in the, the scandal that broke out last year or the year before um, regarding triangulation and tax avoidance in transfers Osmel was there in the moment, he's just been pictured in fact I retweeted a photo of him in Uruguay um, just before we started recording and uh, it now turns out that that's what it's about Carry on Andres uh, I am shocked with this news. <laughs> uh, I, I really thought he would play for South America. Well, he was with no club, as happened when in February when he he arrived to Boca Juniors with the hope of winning Copa Libertadores with the goal of, of him, and and now he's uh, in Uruguay. Well, uh, perhaps he will. He likes Punta del Este. I don't know really what what does he want to do. We shall see. You could turn up literally anywhere um, in the next few weeks, but I'm willing to bet quite a large sum of money that he's not going to be playing for South America. Um, the, excuse to interrupt you, but on the triangulation thing, the, the Dutch government actually, uh, Dutch tax agency, uh, reached uh, an agreement with the Argentine tax agency to counter this triangulation, because the sum of triangulation uh, also takes place within the uh, borders of the Dutch Kingdom, which is uh, a tax paradise, a tax haven for many um, enterprises, especially in the Dutch Caribbean. That's yes, I was going to say, you're not talking about European Netherlands, are you talking about that? No, I'm talking about, <laughs> since it's yeah the jurisdiction of the, the yes, Dutch tax the agency, country, uh, yeah. they include. And they when they um, signed the agreement, they told it was not so much for laundering money, uh, which wasn't football-related, but especially the transfers of, of, of famous football players that went through these tax havens. Uh, but uh, there hasn't been hasn't been any results published, and so we don't know if it has sort of any effect. Yeah. It'll be interesting to find out. Um, anyway, we mentioned Arsenal's situation uh, because it's uh, unusual, as we say, and then we'll move on. Maybe you go against San Martín de San Juan. Nothing at all to say about that game, except it was stultifyingly boring. Another nil-nil draw, um, which was a bit of a weird one, was Union against Banfield, during which there were 25 shots, uh, 13 for Banfield and 12 for Union. 
but there was only five on target and none of them went in the net. Not quite sure how that one ended up goalless, but well done both teams for some spectacularly awful finishing. Big five roundup. Let's begin it with Racing, um, who lost 2-1 away to Quilmes. The defending champions took the lead 11 minutes in through Diego Milito and then fell asleep. What happened in the second half, especially? Uh, there was a penalty considered to, to Quilmes, protested by Saha. Was not, it was very fine play, very... Not clear to see that it was penalty. Finally, as as there were some doubts, I I I say I I must agree with the referee. If you if I am not sure if if if, it, if it's not clear for me that it wasn't or it was penalty, well, for me, in that case it was. Uh, so uh, Saha was like saying, I swear it wasn't penalty to the referee, mm. who now I don't remember who who was. Hang on a second, I'll tell you. This would work Thanks. much better if I had the actual thing up here, wouldn't it? Federico Beligoy. Ah, yes. Uh, who will be who will be banned and will not be yeah. <laughs> playing this week? To this take weekend. weekend off in, uh, as a reward yes. for his. And uh, another controversial uh, referee or, or uh, a play by a referee was Silvio Truco for Godecruz San Lorenzo. It was Truco, I think. Oh yeah, he got some. Um, we should mention that Kilmes uh, equaliser came from a fantastic free kick from Drupi Gomez before Claudio Biela scored the penalty to win it against his old club and celebrated it like a loon Racing went dreadful though, before yes. we move on to San Lorenzo which of course we won in the second just yes. all over the place I mean the defending particularly was similar to, to what they managed against Newell's a couple of weeks beforehand what were they doing on the winter break? Yes, hard to explain. Um, you've mentioned Truco for Godoy Cruz San Lorenzo, so we may as well talk about that one. That's a 1 1 draw. Um, Leandro Fernandez was the player who equalised from the penalty spot, equalised from the penalty spot rather, scored the winner from the penalty spot in that one against a big five club for Godoy Cruz. Gabriel Heinze, um is still not allowed to sit on the bench because he still hasn't got his papers, but uh, is enjoying quite a good start to life as a manager, in inverted commas, so far. Strange how how come the, he he doesn't have his paper as having been a player with a lot of teams in Europe and that and he is the manager and no papers there. Well, he says that he's um. What he said the other day was that he, there's a uh, one last bit of paper that needs to be stamped basically, and that there's been a delay in bureaucracy in getting something sent out, and that's why he's not got them yet or something like that. Um, but uh, that's two points dropped for San Lorenzo really in the in the title race isn't it a, a, a draw admittedly away to a tough side it's not an easy easy place to go but, um, and another pitch in really bad condition uh, it's we have watched that in several stadiums not only well uh, it was called Cruz uh, it was uh, I think Ilmes also was not mm. good uh, it's strange because uh, every time, every every match I, I am watching, the, the the pitch is not good. It's uh, with more uh, yellow than green. Yeah, Godoy Cruz, of course, is in uh, it's the stadium in Mendoza where the rugby match had been played the day before in the four uh, in oh. the, the four nations, the the rugby championship um, against was it Australia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, which is why that was in such a state. But I mean, why they couldn't have either played the the rugby somewhere else or. 
well, I guess Godoy Cruz can't really play in the road stadium come next. It's not not fit for the Primera, but uh, some alternative could have been found. You would think it was laughable. Um, Independiente got a 2 0 win against Atletico de Rafaela to make it three wins out of three since coming back from the winter break. And Martin Benitez has now scored four goals. He scored twice against um, Olimpo, didn't he, on the first week back, and he scored twice here against Atletico. Uh, they look good again. Unfortunately, Peter once again hasn't been able to make it, so accusations that he only turns up when Independiente are winning for Hand of he, um, are wide of the market, it would seem. He may not the. Uh, want to quemarlo as we say here to mufarlo mm. to curse independent perhaps no yeah if he, if he doesn't come along and they keep winning then maybe he should continue to stay away from his point of view you're quite right but um, another decent performance again now they've got Rafael aside who it must be said are not in very good form at all but this is incredible about Benitez because uh, I don't remember I really don't remember what happened with him when Almiron was in charge of Independiente bench mm. because is key man is the man even I think independiente supporters of course they don't forget Mancuello but they are like well we don't have Mancuello right now because he's uh, he's recovering from an injury and he's right now coming back to the team yeah he might be on the bench this weekend yes. apparently though he's sold to Dnipro finally Ooh, nobody knows well uh, but uh, Mancuello who was the Man of uh, that Independiente needed to win now is Benitez, that man. Uh, and and for three matches, as you said, three wins with Benitez being key. And with uh, Pellegrino, as I, I think I mentioned last episode, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, Benitez uh, go down six kilos with his weight. Oh, yeah, you did mention, yeah, it's yes. um, quite a winter training regime they gave him during the Copa America break, clearly. Um, all of those matches came after River Plate had, or rather River Plate's reserves had beaten Colón 3-1. They were 1-0 down at half-time um, through uh, Germán Conti, who scrambled in a headed goal for the free kick um, after about half an hour. They got level very quickly in the second half through Sebastián Riusi. Fernando Cabinaki put them ahead about an hour in, and Tabaré Biudes scored his first goal for the club in only his second match uh, late on with about eight minutes to go um, not bad for River two straight wins with the reserves eight goals scored and two conceded and keeping in touch with, with the, the big boys at the top of the league which I guess is one of the aims at the moment obviously the main aim being the Copa Libertadores final which we shall get on to a bit later but as long as River can keep within sort of two or three points at the top they'll feel that they then have a chance to push on and, and possibly yes. play the that's special because uh, we, we are used to say uh, and to hear that uh, when the team is so advanced in has advanced to the final of the Copa or well semi-final final the final instance or, or stage to not care about the, the, the local tournament the, the first division tournament and uh, with these two wins in a row River are uh, staying there in the first two or three positions in the in the table with Boca looking well as the uh, sole uh, leaders with with uh, looking that they will continue in that, that way because they mm-hmm. they got a very hard winning victory uh, match against uh, Belgrano. Yeah. So for River to be there is good because 
independently of winning or not the, 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 the Copa Libertadores, that who, which will be decided the next week, uh, uh, it is uh, not very frequent or usual for a team to be within the two uh, sides to be there uh, in the point of, of or winning or well in a good position. Yeah, I mean it was a point that we made last week, last year with with San Lorenzo, um, who did fantastically to win the Libertadores, but who also at the same time were uh, uh, notably uh, struggling much more in, in in the domestic league for most of last year. In fact, because once they won the Copa, they then threw everything into preparing for the Club World Championship. Um, whereas River, they're actually competing on both fronts, which is unusual. Yeah, you could even argue that, especially this year with the longer tournament, maybe not winning a few matches doesn't hurt you that much as it would in the shorter tournament. But the shorter tournament, you lose two, three matches in a row, you're out of the, the title race. And now, with this long tournament, you can recuperate the, the points, you'll play Boca later in the, in the season. Yeah, so if you perform well, you can take off three points of Boca's lead. So there's, there's less risk involved. And with some faces that were not in or in a good form or were not playing, like for example Juicy, mm. who came into the match and, and made it very good, very well, and Pity Martinez, who was a man of the match and, and, and was uh, like, a, a, no, he confirmed a good uh, performance as he did with Guarani for semi-final, and now he's in a good uh, uh, position to, to perhaps play against uh, Tigres, the second leg of the, of the final. Yes, that was which we'll talk about in a while. Um, I'm going to just, yeah. I'd just like to volunteer uh, the, the fact, by the way, that I called that at the start of the year. I said that Argentine clubs um, should should do well in the Copa Libertadores this year, possibly, and, and one or two of them in particular could go a long way because of the fact that the, the championship structure had changed. Because under the previous short championship structure, you had 18 sorry, 19 matches in one half of the year, 19 matches before the Copa America basically would have been played, and that creates a lot more fixture congestion. Whereas in this new format, of course, there were only 15 league matches in the Copa, before the Copa America, which gave River and um, Boca and Estudiantes, Can and uh, San Lorenzo, of course. <laughs> they were taking part as well, weren't they? Um, gave all of those sides four Midweeks or, or or four extra uh, dates off to to recuperate a little bit better, and I think that's definitely helped them. Um, as well as the fact that, as you say, they can afford maybe to say, okay, this match we can a draw wouldn't be such a bad result. We can catch it up again later in the in the season. Um, Andres has already hinted at Boca's result. In fact, has already mentioned Boca's result. They got a very hard fought and well won and impressive. I thought one 0 win away to Belgrano in Cordoba it was through the not particularly predictable medium of a Fernando Gago goal that the victory came I think it's the four show off I think it's the um, fourth goal that Gago has scored in his career or, or the fifth is one of the two it's certainly no more than that um, for national team for any club that he's played for third for Boca I saw somebody tweet when he when he hit it um, but the win itself was 
yes, gutsy yes. stuff back to the wall, particularly given that they played the last quarter of the match with nine men on the pitch and Belgrano still had 11. And the last, the last 30 minutes with one, with men, man. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Pablo Perez got sent off an hour in, and Gino Peruzzi followed him about seven or eight minutes later. Um, and Belgrano didn't have any red cards. So, on the one hand, stupid of them. Uh, but on the other, to hold a side like Belgrano out with, with some of the attacking talent that they have and in their own stadium, is, uh, it, it shows a determination which Boca managed to build up recently, at least in the domestic league. Yes. And it leaves them top of the league as well. I mean, as we said a couple of weeks ago, it's not exactly a crisis that they're in, in spite of the fact that everybody's been on their back saying, oh, they're not playing that well. Uh, they're doing all right. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know if uh, Tevez was the reason, or, or, or there is like an, an effect, the, the Tevez effect, that uh, in, in fact he had to do with the, with the play in which after that his play Gago uh, scored the, 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 only, the only goal of the, of the match. Though the, there was a, like a, a series, series of rebounds. In, in Belgrano defenders and then Gago uh, uh, shoot the, the ball into the net and, and well after that they, they built a, yes, a, a working or a, a very elaborated victory with uh, of course 30 minutes or 15 minutes 30 minutes with 10 men and 15 with uh, to go to the to the end of the match with with nine and resisting of course Belgrano didn't find a way to 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 well uh, uh, find the, the, the equalizer and I think that this something that uh, not so uh, strange for them because when they are one one or two goals behind and they have to 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 be the the, the main uh, starting of the of the of the match uh, they they are this is not easy for them. No, absolutely. Um other talking points from the weekend football very quickly from other matches Estudiantes were absolutely awful away to Huracan they lost 1-0 through a Ramon Avila goal on the stroke of half time um, I wasn't expecting that given Estudiantes parsimony in defence uh, they, they were very poor and Huracan picked up their first win in a while if I remember rightly um, also Crucero del Norte came within seconds of finally claiming their first point away from home. Uh, they were 1-0 down to Gimnasia y Grima in La Plata um, and equalised through Ramiro Lechner, is it? Or Rodrigo Lechner? Let's bring up the thing and see what he's called. Rodrigo Lechner um, headed an equaliser with about five minutes to go and he thought, this is amazing. Crucero del Norte are going to not lose an away match. Um, and Ignacio Fernandez scored with what was almost the last kick of the game to win it for Gimnasia with, I mean, literally with about 10 seconds to go. The game kicked off after that and the referee blew for full time. Uh, they, they can't buy a point quite, away. Quite similar things with the Messi goal against Iran in the, the World Cup. Similar... You mean, sim- yeah, a similar goal. Similar goal, similar yes, time. Yeah. It was it was a fantastic goal, was, uh, as you say, cutting inside and smacking it with the with the left foot. Similar distance, similar position, wonderful hit, um, worthy of winning any match. But it was in, in spite of the fact that they are obviously dreadful, it was difficult not to feel sorry for Cruzeiro Norte for a minute. Yeah. Um, well, but it was after all, uh, we can say it was the very last second of the of the match, and 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 
Rosalonte was about to get the first point, their first point in, in, in weight condition, but Gimnasia, it, it, it was ch uh, quite predictable because they got the sixth win in a row with 12 or 13. I think it's five, let me just check. Five? Well, but 12 or uh, 13 matches with no losing any. Gimnasia have got, I oh know you're right, it's six in a row, one with seven, eight, nine, ten, with 11 in a row without defeat um, in the league. It's a very, very impressive run indeed, and it's kept them barely in touch at the top because we will now talk about the league leaders. Of course, Hinasi started the season fairly slowly. Um, they're 11 without defeat now, but in their first seven games, they lost four of them, I think. Yeah, four. Um, so it did a very slow start. In fact, ultimately, that's what's costing them because they're eight off the league. They're seventh on... No, let's go from top to... Top down, actually, that'll be easier. Won't it? Boca Juniors are top of the league um, with 40 points. San Lorenzo are second with 37. One goal ahead on goal difference of River, who are third, also on 37 points. Rosario Central are fourth with 35. Racing, the champions, are fifth on 33 points, so only seven behind Boca. Um, Belgrano also have 33 and then Gimnasia are on 32 in 7th place. Tigre have 31 points in 8th, and then there's a little bit of a gap. Uh, Independiente have 29, so all three to the 20s, we'll stop reading about. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gimnasia's current form is, is championship form, if only they'd started yeah. a little bit more quickly and, and hadn't uh, got off to such a slow start in the season. Um, down at the bottom, there's still one side without a win, and it is, of course, Bleva Chicago, who drew... 0-0 at home to San Martín de San Juan they had a penalty which was saved with about 8 minutes to go they've scored once in the last 12 matches nothing here to say it's you, you say the numbers and it's enough well precisely um, it, it, there's very little else to uh, it, it's very difficult to know what else to add uh, Atletico de Rafaela uh, just uh, well, they're four points above them, but they've only got twelve the, points themselves. The, the coach for Estelio said after the match that uh, it is it's only a question of winning a match, and then they will start a, a streak of winning. Well, yeah, you I'm have to win a match with that. Uh, I'm not convinced that that's true either. <laughs> I think it, it's going to be a question of winning one match, thinking I'll find that we've arrived, and then probably losing the rest because they're just not very. Good. Yeah, he said it in the sense of as, as happens, for example, with the mm -hmm. striker that they they are with the. Not a good uh, uh, skill in, in scoring, and then uh, they score one, and then there comes a lot of goals. Oh, of course, but, yeah. But I mean, uh, not the case of Chicago. Psychologically speaking, you get the impression there might be a little bit of a block, particularly, admittedly, you're right, when, when they have a penalty that late on in the game and the guy hits it, I think it was hit not straight at the goalkeeper, but it wasn't a particularly good, good hit. Um, and that's ultimately what ends up costing them. You start to wonder. And you also start to feel rather sorry for them. Um, in the relegation table, Chicago with 8 points from 18 matches, which is an average of 0.444 points per game, are of course bottom. And Crucero del Norte, obviously, are filling up the remaining relegation spot. But just above them are Huracan uh, with 17 points from 18 games. And then two sides with 18 points from 18 games, Sarmiento and Colón. Sarmiento seems to have started pretty well, but I think they're now eight games without a win. Um, so they need to pick things up as well. Beyond that, you've got a, a, a few sides above them who've, who've played rather more. 
Sarmiento at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, yeah, 8 without a win during which time they've only scored once as well, and that was in the 2 1 defeat to the Racing a couple of weeks ago. Um, so the relegation battle is starting to look very much like it's going to be Chicago and, and Crusoe and Norte to me. I, I, yes. Um, I wouldn't say I'll be surprised if any of the other sides managed to go down, but bear in mind it is only two teams getting relegated at the end of this year. Those look like the two, um, for my money. Other teams like Sarmiento, Temple, uh, they must be relieved because of, of this, because uh, uh, it's a question of, of, of discovering who is the worst of those uh, recently promoted. And, and yes, it looks like uh, clearly Chicago and, and Cruzal Norte are are the ones uh, in order to, to be relegated as, as happened with the penalty in the last time, in the last minute uh, with Chicago missing it uh, Cruzado Norte losing the match when they had had uh, was in, on, on the, in the point of, of uh, getting a, a draw well uh, this is I think uh, it's like uh, uh, definitely the way of them to, to, to be relegated clearly yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that that concludes our Primera roundup. We have, oh yeah, we've got 40 minutes on the recorded clock. So I'm going to go and refill glasses now and we'll be back in a couple of minutes after this break to discuss, surprise, surprise, the first leg of the Copa Libertadores final, which was played last night, hence why we're recording on a Thursday this week, um, between Tigres and River Plate. And also to answer listeners' questions of which we have had, I think, a hand of pod record-breaking number this month, uh, this week. Um, it's it's quite terrifying. It might take a while, but don't go away. which is about as far from Buenos Aires for the benefit of, of Champions League watchers who struggle to understand why the Copa Libertadores is a difficult competition. Monterrey to Buenos Aires is a roughly similar distance to Manchester to Dhaka. That is Dhaka in Bangladesh, not Dhaka in Senegal, by the way. Um, so if you imagine a Champions League final, which is two-legged, played between Manchester United and Dhaka oh shit I looked up the name of a team from Dhaka so that I had something to say at that point as well and I've forgotten them uh, and a team from Dhaka um, you can you have some idea of the amount of travelling uh, that River Plate have just had to do in midweek between what would normally be two league fixtures except of course they have an, an exception because after regulations allow them to uh, delay a, uh, the, the match between the two um, and so actually they don't have a match this weekend and the physical teacher will have We'll have to make a mini pre-season, perhaps, because they will have not they will yeah, not play against River, right. and they will not play the follow the following weekend also because there is the Paso elections. Are there for no matches next weekend? Yeah, ninth for August Sunday. Yes. Oh. So there will be two. Yes, the ninth of, of August. Wow. So uh, summer is. I thought that round. I, I thought that was in another week after that. So yeah. round twenty. 
This is a wonderful surprise for the 9th of August. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, what, that's next weekend. Yes. This weekend is the this Sunday is the 2 of August, and the following is the 9th, and then there will be the elections for president, the, the primary elections. The fixture list I've got here says there are matches going to be on the 9th of August. Right. No. That weekend. It's, that's wrong. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. That means I've got a week off my betting previous. Um, oh right, I see. Yeah, they've just got the they've got the date of the election wrong by the look of it because they do have a two week gap at another point. Come, what were we saying? Coming back to the Copa Libertadores, yeah. got two weeks off. But the reason that defence teams this year have got two weeks off, apart from the elections, um, is that River played during the final of the Copa Libertadores for the first time in nineteen years, and all three of us are River sympathisers. Um, indeed, Remy is a, a match going River member. Are you going to be there next week? No, I won't be here. Be there next week. Were you so unable, it's an, unable to get a ticket or unwilling to try? Or um, I think I'm unwilling to try because of my current financial situation. I think that's uh, the, the most neutral way of expressing my views. No, I used to go to River, uh, play matches a lot, but the way it works in, in Argentina, for maybe this is interesting for the listeners, is that if you want to go to uh, a club, you can become a socio, you become a member, and you pay a monthly membership fee. More of that in a bit, because we've actually had a, a question about that, but explain the, the rest of it to us. Um, about why you're not going yeah so <laughs> let's say I haven't paid my member club fees in about two or three years uh, which makes it a very costly effort uh, to go to the same because I'm more or less uh, dependent on the black market and with River Plate uh, uh, okay. performing very well uh, tickets are really sky- the price for tickets are skyrocketing we're reselling tickets in Mercado Libre the, the, the selling and, and buying site uh, with Tickets uh, sold in two one thousand two hundred dollars to two thousand dollars. So, yeah, I've um, still got to get in touch with my black market dealer to try and ask about prices for a ticket next week. I'm not looking forward to it uh, at all. We shall see. He, he told me before that it was uh, it was going to be dependent on what last night's scoreline was, and given that last night's scoreline which was nil-nil, by the way, we've not mentioned it yet, uh, leaves River um, uh, deciding the copper at home and with a realistic chance of, of lifting the trophy. I'm not looking forward to uh, finding out what the price is and deciding whether I want to pay it or not. Joel's going to be there, incidentally. He, he has got a ticket, so hopefully Joel will be able to make next week's recording. Um, but uh, the match itself on Wednesday evening was not the best of matches, but I don't think any of us were really expecting it, given that these two sides were involved in two very tight draws indeed um, during the group stage. Of course, the, the one in Monterrey beforehand resulted in uh, a 2-2 draw after River came back from 2-0 down with about five minutes to go or something, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, four, mi- four, minute. four minutes and then the other one was just in the adding time. Yeah, so the, the one in Monterrey was goals in the 87th minute and 91st minute or something like that something like to, to rescue a 2-2 draw but I mean most of the match was was fairly tight the one in, in Buenos Aires in, in the Monumental actually was a very very tight match indeed and ended 1-1 um, next weekend presumably next week we'll be seeing more of the same but last night how, how did you two how, how would you summarise River's performance I think it was uh, like never before it's psychological and a uh, defending match for River with Maidana being the, he, he could write a manual of, of how to defend and how to mark a, a dangerous striker like was uh, Andre Pierre Gignac the French 
eh, former striker of Olympic Marseille with Marcelo Bielsa, making him as, as well as, for example, Martín Benítez, the same way did Gignac with eh, reducing his his uh, fat in six mm -hmm. kilos. Uh, before the hand, before that, there was a joke that French supporters made make to him, saying a whooper for for Gignac because of the Burger King hamburger. Well, uh, mm. and 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 last night was the clear example of how River uh, neutralized or or made Tigres to attack uncomfortably, not in the way they wanted to attack, because. Uh, There, there was a lack of offensive specific weight for River, but in the in the defensive way they, they did perfectly with one or two plays in which they perhaps uh, uh, didn't mark in the very good way. But up, uh, except two that those one or two plays, it was perfect defensively for for them. So uh, uh, of course that the the the, the leg is. The, The final is open, but River has uh, uh, that advantage of the supporters being in favor of them when when there is the second leg. But with some players that apparently won't be would, won't be able to to be part of the match. No, uh, but well, uh, as a summarize, as a sum summary, uh, I would like I would have uh, like River to have been more. Attacking with a more attacking position, well, uh, uh, position, but uh, they say it was a hot, uh, hot weather. Was very very hot weather with the journalists saying that the same thing that that hot was really really uh, difficult with the with the humid weather and hot weather. Which well, which is where the thing about the midweek travel comes in as well, because yeah. you know particularly if if you're. Uh, Unless it, there's a very high chance, statistically speaking, that if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're an England fan, um, or at least that you're English, not necessarily the same thing, I realise. Um, but we, sufferers that we are in international football, are fully aware of what England look like whenever they go along to a major international tournament and have to play in hot conditions. Uh, and that's when they've had time to acclimatise, when they've been playing there for, you know, practising for two weeks before the thing kicks off, and they still plod around looking like a bunch of completely useless arseholes. A lot of that is because they are, but some of it is because it's genuinely difficult to acclimatise. And River had to go there two days before the match um, and, and flip into this against a team who play their league matches like that all the time. Um, One could argue that Argentine players are somewhat more used to like hot weather. Absolutely, but, yeah. but it's nice to remind our, our listeners that we're in midwinter right now. Winter at the moment, so although they're used to it when they're playing, and when it's that time of year, at the moment they're not conditioned for it. Um, this isn't making excuses. This is a, another reason, in fact, that I, I like the, the Libertadores and, and the fact that we have. Uh, this two-legged finals um, is something that I like about it because it adds a different dimension to it but I do think that it affected River's approach particularly in the second half where they barely seemed to get out of their own half to be honest River um, and Tigres dominated the game and yet I can think of there was a, a header that Gignac had straight at Barrovero about 40 minutes no, it was Sobis not Gignac oh, it was, oh of course it was yes uh, Rafael Sobis um, And there was a very late chance for the youngster... Jurgen Damm. Uh, yes, the Mexican with the German name, Jurgen Damm, who um, escaped, got free, um, rounded Marcelo Barrovero, and then... I, 
Yeah, he got lucky though receiving the ball because I, I can't remember who's so, the defender. Yeah. yeah, someone stepped up uh, and he just got handed the ball. But I mean, even so, he'd obviously been told before the match, "You're gonna just get the ball, cut to the byline, and then cut the ball back," because that was all he did all, all game, and he was yes. brilliant. I mean, he was wreaking havoc down down the left hand side of Rivers' defence. He had a fantastic match up until that point. Well, the obvious thing was get the ball, knock it past Val Romero, and then just shoot. Never mind it's, the fact that like it's, a he it's a goal. Did exactly the same play as. And yes. it was as if he had just fixed his mind. Get to the byline, pull it back for the striker, and stood there, and there was no striker there. And rather than put it in the net, he sort of just. Shit, what do I do? And panicked, and eventually it got cleared. And it was a real let off for River um, at that point. It's difficult to remember anything anywhere near as clear cut as that that River had. Um, but obviously, the second leg you would expect to be rather different um, in Buenos Aires, no? Rather different, but with River, we have to be very, very careful with the when they go back to their defense because, of course, Gabriel Mercado is suspended, having yes. got booked for the third time in the knockout yes. stage last night. Mm-hmm. The second incident, the second suspension that he's picked up in that stadium during this Copa uh, Copa Libertadores, yes. because he also course got suspended for arguing with the referee uh, in the penultimate match of, of River's group campaign. Um, also not a good scene for Gallardo as he was uh, mm. received the red card while he wasn't off and the, the previous match he, he in, the, in the group stage he was in the in, in, a, in a well how do you say the palco yeah, in, in the, the stands in there. Yeah, because he had boxes because he had a suspension, didn't he? Had, yes, and we, he was with the radio, and that was also not permit, uh, permitted by, by Conmebol. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yes. Okay. One thing that wasn't really clear for me during the match: why was Kachalisan? Well, was it because of his comments or because the the laser Complain. pointer that? Uh, no, at, at the time, I somebody I think it was Alario got called for handball. Yes. Um, in the half, at the halfway line, and at the time, I thought that Gachado was protesting. That hit, it, like you know, shouting that he just hit his hand. How 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 can you give him a free kick for that? Um, and then I, I put that on Twitter, and apparently somebody said afterwards that apparently there'd been a, a foul, or what looked like from the camera angle, at least some, one of the Tigres players had, had hit a River player off the ball, and Gachado was actually protesting about that because none of the officials had seen it. They thought he was yelling about something just to yell about something and therefore send it to the stands um, it was a very confusing incident yes. at least if you're watching on television apart, apart from that uh, the referee uh, Paraguayan Rojas uh, who looked for me looked very much as Maxwell Smart uh, was just awful disaster not Arias yes Arias yeah. Paraguayan uh, for, for both teams he didn't benefit one team or, or the other one but he was like it was clear clear fouls he didn't give and, and gave and other other fouls or handballs for example that weren't uh, so it was a very little um, willingness to play play advantage at all just everything almost in midfield was was a foul nearly yeah. which when you're in the Copa Libertadores doesn't have to break it up a lot because Basically, both of them are kicking on. I mean, River, we have to hold our hands up here and, and say River can have committed more fouls than any other team in the Libertadores. Now, some of that is going to be because they've played more matches than a lot of other teams, but you know, they, they've not had a, been a particularly clean side. They're wonderful to watch on the ball, but they know how to look after themselves, as the euphemism goes as well. Um, but, you know, just by and large, it, it, it breaks the match up even more. Having said that, 
he's a referee in the Copa Libertadores, so I suppose we can just say he was doing his job, really, and that's, that's what they're all like, <laughs> to, to a greater or lesser extent. How optimistic are we ahead of next week for, for River? I'm quite optimistic, actually. I think the away uh, draw uh, was... Uh, I think River can be content with that. Bearing in mind particularly that away goals don't count extra in exactly. Which means that River's play last night is no particular... Any victory of... of yeah, well, it was a draw, so if there were uh, away goals, it would be the same also because yeah. uh, there weren't any goals. So... Uh, uh, for me, yes, people or supporters will be. In this case, I think it will be important because it's a final, and people, it's have have waited 19 years to to see this, and they, of course, well, uh, if River doesn't score in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, or the first half, it will be pressure that will go against perhaps the players, mm. but. Uh, uh, Anyway, and though uh, Ferretti, Ricardo Ferretti, the uh, Brazilian Tigres coach, said that it wouldn't intimidate them, I think it will be it will make a difference. And uh, if we were play the, the way they are used to in, in the Monumental, uh, I, I wouldn't say it will be a, 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 a sure victory, but uh, yes, finally they will get it. Even without uh, not just Gabriel Mercado, but also probably slash possibly um, two players who, well, one of whom has become very quickly important, Tabaré Viudes, uh, who set up Lucas Alario's decisive goal. Well, not decisive, but clinching goal in the semi final against Guarani. Um, and Rodrigo Mora, both of whom uh, have hurt their right hamstrings. I think Mora is seen as slightly more likely to make it for the match next week. Uh, but it's not fantastic for either of them, and that's going to be two big losses and, and a need to uh, uh, to rejig things and to work out an alternative plan. I think from from Gachardo. Uh, he will have to work, I think, uh, more than ever in the in the terms of the group of the anemic uh, situation of the group, and, and I know I I think he knows how to do that. Uh, anemic it, meaning morale rather than uh, yes, it, it's a. And, and there's, there's, a, there's a word yes. that sounds very similar in English, but means very different. Ah, okay. <laughs> and in terms of players, looks like well, Mamana had already played as a right back mm. and did, did decently. And I, I, I think that the other part with if Bertolo and uh, with uh, with this and Mora finally doesn't recover, I think will be Bertolo or Piti Martinez. Also, Diusi could be good option as, as he did yeah. brilliantly against Colón, and he's back. He is like he played it as he as if he never had been injured or with health problems. So uh, there, there are a lot of options for that that area. We should also mention because of course when we recorded when Andres and I recorded last week, um, the second semi final hadn't been decided and we didn't know that River were going to be playing Tigres. Um, the fact that they are playing Tigres and the fact that the Club World Cup um, or or at least Conmebol don't allow themselves to be represented by a non-Conmebol side in the Club World Cup means that even if Tigres win uh, the second leg next week and lift the Copa, River are still going to the Club World Cup in December. Um, now, if Tigres do win next week, then we might very well not be in the kind of mood to talk about it, but for now, we'll just mention that and then we'll actually preview it properly when it happens, but it's worth mentioning that River are in the Club World Cup, come what may, and they're also in the Red Copa Sudamericana next year, come what may. Um, 
as Libertadores winners in, in, in that spot for the for the Red Copper Sudamerica, um, which is the, the South American Super Cup between the winners of the Libertadores and the Sudamerica. Um, so there's there's that. That's nice. But really, they want to go in as, as champions, don't they? Yes. yes. Of course. The only other argument is purely financial. Yeah. And it's been a, a fairly decent year, it has to be said, financially for River, but La Nacion had something on their site earlier making the point that uh, Tigres spent more in transfers over the winter than River are going to make this year because they're backed by Mexico's biggest cement company. Yes, uh, the, the, one of the players you mentioned, Churchill Dam, was also uh, wanted by Roma. Mm. And finally he went from Puebla to Tigres, the same same country. I think Nalacion said that Gignac has signed a three-year contract and it's being paid 12 million euros, uh, 12 million dollars over the course of that contract. So that's four million dollars a year, which is... More than Europe, perhaps. I don't know. Well, well then the French League, certainly, I mean, by, by Premier League standards, by, you know, the, the, the top clubs in, in, say, the English Premier League, it doesn't sound like much. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what, what, he, uh, what he'd been earning at Marseille, it's probably at least as much. Presumably more. Otherwise, why has he gone there? Yes, um, and and perhaps that that amount of money is the same or more or less the same that River should get if they defeat Barcelona in the Club World Cup, if they reach final and they win the defeat Barcelona, which will be difficult. But in terms of money, the money that Tigres uh, spent in the, in those transfers is the this almost the same uh, or similar figure as River will. Mm. We'll, get we'll move straight into questions because as I said we have had a lot this week JB Boxing Promotions asks does regular non-Barra does a, do, a, do regular non-Barra football fans go to away games dressed as neutrals um, I can answer that from a personal perspective uh, yes uh, but at their own risk I, and not in any significant numbers, probably. No, no. But uh, you you can notice. I, I used to go to River Away games, um, not being part of River Barra, <laughs> of course. Uh, but just going to the to the home uh, stands because it's easier to get tickets, lower prices, um, and it saves you a lot of a lot of trouble. Uh, as long as you don't show you're actually supporting the away team, mm. which can be difficult at difficult time. But I noticed uh, a few years ago I went to a Huracan. Uh, river game and I was talking to the person next to me in the stand and after half the match I looked at his memories and I found out that he actually also was a river fan so both <laughs> we were river fans um, but we just made sure nobody would find out uh, we weren't as lucky as the person in Rosario uh, last week but it happens in small numbers because the risks are great if you get yeah. found out you get literally get kicked out of the uh, robbed Mendoza, the Mendoza is one of the Provinces with Code Cruz uh, that allow and they are they, they call that uh, away uh, supporters as neutral and uh, I think in fact they didn't this weekend just gone they didn't allow it because the last time they did which I think was when Neles or Independiente or somebody visited there was a huge there was loads of trouble uh, chairs being thrown down on, on, on the side having won in the last minute or something. And Rafaela is River also. There were River supporters there in the, in the... Yeah, I mean, uh, particularly for the, the, the size of the provinces, it, the, any visit of, especially the Big Five, and obviously especially River and Boca, is a chance to, to get some um, some much-needed ticket money, and so they will often break the rules, basically break Afa's rules, 
to allow them in. Uh, Rodrigo Ferriol says, Great work, guys. I was wondering how many downloads does your podcast get on iTunes? Is it as popular as I think it should be? Gents, you want to go answering that? It is popular. Handapod statistics are a very closely guarded secret. No, if you go onto our um, SoundCloud page, which is soundcloud.com slash handapod, I think, and look for handapod on SoundCloud and you'll find us, um, then you can see the plays that we get on SoundCloud um, for each episode. Uh, that for the last episode I think was somewhere around 900-ish actually sorry I've not looked at the last episode for the last but one episode when I uploaded the last episode um, was around 950-ish we normally get somewhere around that or 1000-ish but I don't think that those numbers include iTunes stats and I've just checked FeedBurner before we uh, which is Google's thingy which tells me how many subscribers we have and they count us as having 479 subscribers it's very, very confusing because I don't know how to find out exact iTunes numbers, but I think that that corresponds more or less to iTunes subscribers, of which it says 34 reach, which I think is how many people actually listen to it on that subscription. So, in short, I don't know. Uh, but no, we are almost definitely not as popular as you think we should be, so please, share us. Thank you very much. Uh, DJ Dissident says, after Racing's dismal result on Sunday leaving them only four points clear of Independiente. Who do you think will finish higher? There is another Clásico de Avellaneda coming up, of course, which is uh, one thing. I see Independiente much more uh, solid than it was when Almirón was the the coach. and and, uh, Yes, it's not a simple question to answer, but I say Independiente will... they have acquired uh, Cebolla Rodriguez, Cristian Rodriguez, the Uruguayan, coming from Atletico Madrid, so that is another point for them. Independiente, they still have to host Racing and they still have to host River, but apart from that, their fixture list doesn't look too interesting, I have to say. Whereas Racing have got to play at home to Boca in the third from last week. They're away to Tigre in the very last weekend. They're away to Independiente in the Clásico, of course. We've mentioned that already. Uh, they've still got Gimnasia to visit them. They've got to go away to Godoy Cruz, which isn't easy. They're at home to Belgrano this week, and that, that's going to be tricky in itself, because Belgrano like playing on the counter, so in a way, Belgrano are better set up to play away from home than at home a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I, I actually, having looked at those just now, it wouldn't surprise me too much if Independiente finished above Racing. Things also seem, seem to have calmed down in the club. I mean, just off the pitch, like the institutional problems that Independiente has, with the main exception of the thing we heard last week about uh, Bebote. Maybe we should talk about that in another moment. Oh, go on, mention that now. Yeah, the top para of, uh, of, of Independiente. Um, I think, uh, I, I don't actually know who made that public, but uh, in the news was that week that... Uh, he, he did, and then ah, the, bloke he, was, the bloke who was his manager at the time confirmed it afterwards and said, I, I don't get on with him anymore at all, but uh, what he said is correct. Yeah, that, that actually the, 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 how is the Gerencia of River, the, 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 the board president, yeah, the then president of River contacted Bebote, uh, remember he was a top uh, bara of Independiente, to pacify the conflict between the two uh, rival uh, River Barras. Well, what he actually said was that uh, Jose Maria Aguila, who, who was, as we said, the president of River at the time, the president prior to Daniel Pasarela, offered Bebote the leadership of the River Barra, 
which goes into again something that we've said many times before um, which is that the, the, the Browners are, are essentially businesses not not just they're not fans you know they, these guys haven't necessarily grown up supporting Independiente or supporting River or Boca their whole lives they're doing it for the money um, and Bebote turned him down because presumably it was a <laughs> like, like getting into a tank with a shark at the time the, the situation was so bad and, or, or he didn't fancy it um, but you know they, these kind of deals are, are ones that do happen and it's, it was a very interesting quote that he gave about it certainly um, Lawrence Hart says just listen to last week's pod oh he said it's a few in fact so I'll go through them all um, in order just listen to last week's pod is it possible that you could expand on the Nueva Chicago fan story and additionally is there any correlation between the type of government in Argentina and footballing violence i.e. was there a lot less violence when military governments were in power and everybody was shit scared to show any rebellion etc that's his first one Andres, you're Argentine and know a bit about Argentine history. Was yes. there less fan violence when the military were in power? Yes, well, it could be because the, the when there, there was a dictatorship, uh, you couldn't uh, even go by the street and, and say that you were uh, a Boca River fan or a San Lorenzo fan, that they would uh, shoot at you or will uh, take you and, and, and kidnap you. So you wouldn't be able to to be even a barra at that times, and now it is barras are are mixed with government, with the directors, with the members of a party, political party, and they have access to the stadiums and to the, for example, a, a, a release of a political campaign, and they are there, and the barras are there to, like Bebote said, for example, that Aguilar. Uh, offer to him is the the way they act they they do with the society they they are like hired or uh, they are like employees of the of the of the politics politicians to make people not uh, uh, not disturb not, not disturb other people and and to be calm and that so so that's why barras have access and have a lot of power that Beforehand, and when there was the the military dictatorship, mm. wasn't possible. There weren't any barras because of any anything you you did in the streets, and you were kidnapped by them by the, the militars. Mm. We could discuss some some just very short a few examples of the current government's relation with barras. I think the the current president Cristina Fernandez, who hold office until uh, December, um, she publicly uh, she adored the, the barras. She doesn't look uh, at them like criminals or mercenaries for hire. No, she loves how they chant, how they cheer their their team. And actually, the government pacified for some time uh, the rivalries between football uh, barras by promising them tickets to go to the World Cup, and not only in Brazil but also in, in South Africa. I mean, those well, are just promising in, in and, and actually Africa, delivering. Yeah. Um, another example, I think that was very clear to see the Super Clasico a few years ago, was the current government for international listeners, uh, is in a battle with a very powerful media group here, Clarín, and during the Superclásico, the fans of River uh, showed a very big banner, almost 100 meters wide, saying Clarín miente, Clarín lies. I mean, that banner wasn't put up there by fans because they really think that, no, they get paid to do that. And, th- and there was an, an organization by hinchas or supporters, they were barras in the, called 
hinchas unidos hinchadas unidas argentinas United supporters Argentine United supporters still exist yes I thought they bought the Alvarez Independientes Capo was uh, a prominent uh, person behind his founding which is part of the reason that Jose Maria Aguilar offered him the charge of, of Rivers Barra yes that, that Barra is or was or was promoted by Kirchnerism the, the Kirchnerism or the party of, the, of Krishna uh, so well yes more more relationship or close relationship than that is impossible because they are promoted they are perhaps given given money by by that uh, party or by by government so what well, you have there the reason why they are so have so they are so powerful and why there is the violence is no cut uh, because it's for them that would mean to to be perhaps uh, investigated with barras also and this ties in, in fact, with Lawrence's initial question about Nova Chicago and, and whether I can go into more detail, because last week um, I, I mentioned them um, as one of the, the unique um, fan bases of Argentina. Essentially, they've always been known as a very politicized uh, fan base, and during the 1980s, under the dictatorship particularly, they, they were particularly put upon, because they've always been linked the the, the Inchada rather than the Barra calling themselves the Inchada have always been linked in Chicago with the unions which of course were one of the, the main um, public bodies which were uh, repressed by, by the dictatorship in many ways um, I would say to Lawrence that if you want a really decent amount of detail there's actually a Wikipedia in Spanish language Wikipedia and I'm pretty sure Lawrence uh, knows Spanish um, if you search there for Inchada they'll club Atletico Nueva Chicago it's a fairly sizable page. Um, you do have to be careful when reading stuff like that because sometimes they end up talking about the Barra but still calling them the Inchada. But, you know, if you're careful with your reading, then you can sort of tease it apart. Um, but there are examples of them fighting the police when they were under military dictatorship and shortly after, and when uh, Fernando de la Rua, um, uh, when his presidency came to an end, that the, the, there was a, um, a conflict with a, a very high-up policeman um, as well, I think. Um, Yes, the, the, the Barras call themselves Inchas, and there is a song, for example, uh, uh, when the, the normal Inchas uh, sing, which is Llegó la Inchada, the, 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 the Inchada has arrived, which means the Barra Brava. So uh, mm. it's like you're yeah, mixed up or confused, perhaps. Um, Lawrence also says on the relegation issue the European way is still the best. Well done, Lawrence. Um, it's stupid that you could potentially be champions and go down. Plus, when your team's in a relegation battle, as my team Gillingham are regularly, wins are so much more enjoyable. Uh, he says, also, keep up the good work on the podcast. They make two hours of work more fun and give me a chance to have a sensible dialogue with my father-in-law on Argentine football. If you can have a sensible dialogue with a River fan, that is. Deeply offended by that last comment, Lawrence. All three of us. Wash your mouth out. Um, Darren Paul says, with this weekend's pretty lackluster defeat to Quilmes... Are Racing's title hopes at an end? I have faith, but Racing have not come off the break well at all. Newell, Samiento and now Quilmes have given us a lot of problems or beaten us. Also, how is Agustin Peschettieri getting on at Tigre? Peschettieri. Will, um, will Pavone finally start for Racing? And how did River not have a penalty last night? Gentlemen, I throw those open to the floor. First of all, are Racing's title hopes over? 
it's a long question. We're still far away, but if you look at how both uh, Boca and River are playing, um, as long as those two don't screw up, I think. Boca River, San Lorenzo, if, if they don't have the that penalty gave, given to to Ode Cruz, perhaps we we'll, now we will say that San Lorenzo is the second in the in the table position and the. That irregularity or that uh, winning, losing, losing, winning is yes so indicates that their team is not uh, solid. That they are not uh, perhaps uh, to lose to they, they they are not to keep track on on on, on the teams that are uh, ahead of them. So two things need to happen. Yes. Uh, needs to be more more constant in their performance, and at least three teams ahead of them need to uh, start losing points fast, which I don't yeah, really see. That, that's happening. something that we've said a number of times in the nearly five years we've been recording under Pod, where we've been commenting on a side who are down in sort of sixth or seventh place, are relatively close to the top of the table points-wise, but you just think there are so many teams between them and the top that for all of those sides to start dropping points in sufficient quantities it's going to be very difficult and so for that reason more than because they're playing particularly badly I would say that Racing probably are going to get the title this year I, for me it's between the top three um, that is River Boca but, San Lorenzo but, but relax they have been champions they are the actual champions uh, after th- 13 years with Milito coming back and be, be, being the champions again so, well, it's so essentially what are you asking for Darren? you want the moon yeah. on a stick um, and, and I mean as a Racing fan One should be supposed uh, to know what suffering feels like. I mean, that's that's what it is to be a Racing fan. You always well, suffer. Yeah. Um, how is Pesciatieri? Pesciatieri. Okay. Basically, just Gachardo with the double L that gets pronounced as you'd expect, isn't but it? Gachardo is Hispa- Spanish and Pelletieri is Italian. Pretty much all of the other surnames are Italian surnames when he has two L's in Argentina. Yeah? Yes. Excellent. Right. So, how is Agustin Pelletieri getting on in Tigre? Uh, I have watched him. Right. Honestly, uh, I, I I am surprised for La Ronda leaving Tigre a couple of months ago, and now he's back at Rosario Central. And after a, a, a short period at, at Torino, perhaps I think he was in Italy. Somewhere like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pelletier has played apparently eight games for them, so he's not a regular starter by any means, but he's been you know a decent squad member. For a side who are doing very well in the league so far, Tigre have only lost three times this year. Um, and Pelletier has played his part in that, so I would say he's doing okay. Uh, is Pavone ever going to start for Racing? Mariano Pavone is fat and not very good. You can cope with one of those things, as Fernando yes. Cabanaki is currently showing for River, for example, but if you're both then you have a bit of a problem well, but you, you can say why Racing signed him you can say Kaminagi was the uh, the goal, goal scorer uh, the, 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 who scored more goals after uh, before the top goal scorer yes thank you uh, before Marco Ruben scored uh, against mm-hmm. Jules he, they, were, they had 11 goals each and with that goal against Jules Ruben now has 12 But with the four goals against uh, Rafael and, and the goal against Colón, it was... Oh, I'm not trying to say that Kavanaki is you know, he, the best he, striker in the league. But he, I'm, I'm just, all I'm saying is Pavone is not as good he as got the, He got the, the, the sense of the stri- goal, strike, uh, goal scorer there uh, again, I think. Mm. Against Rafael was poor defending, 
everything you want to say about the Rafaela defenders, but he won't there to score. Yeah. Uh, but it's Pavone going to start harassing when they when yeah. presumably rather than if they sell Gustavo Ball. Um, that's presumably why he's been signed. But uh, it's going to be a step down for Racing. I mean, he's, he's not on Bowles' level for me. Um, and how did River not have a penalty last night? I can't remember the incident that we're thinking of, nor can either Andres or Remy from the look of it, so we're not going to answer that one, Darren. Sorry. Um, I think that he, he might uh, be talking about the, a player made by Bertolo, uh, who is has gone into the box and, and the Mexican oh, defender but he, no, he takes yeah, the ball right. yeah that, that, that was that was a very good tackle I think yes. that's why they didn't get yes. it um, just because it wasn't a foul more than anything uh, JB Boxing Promotion is back and asks what are the AFA going to do if the Copa Argentina winner we will mention the Copa Argentina results in a minute very briefly by the way uh, if the Copa Argentina winner is also the one of the Primera automatic Copa Libertadores qualifiers what will happen to that Libertadores spot I think the second one will go to as, as the Copa Argentina. Of the Copa Argentina? Right. Yes. So the, the beats and finals of the Copa Argentina will take the limit to We think that that's the answer. We'll see. Um, Darren, Darren Paul says, uh, why is Gomez of Quilmes known as Droopy? Is it related to the dog? The answer to that one is yes, it is. He apparently runs around very quickly, and as a result, his teammates, when he was in the youth side at Argentinos, nicknamed him Droopy in a sarcastic manner. That's the actual answer. I, I, we answered something very similar, I think, a year and a half ago or so when he first broke through. Um, Andres, you don't like you wanted to say something? No, no, he, he's. Uh, uh, I, I thought he, he was called Droopy because he looked like a dog or, or he played like a dog, but no, not, it's not the case. Uh, Ryan Ross says, where would Cambiasso be best suited if he returns to the Primera, Independiente, River, somewhere else? I don't, get, I don't see it. Uh, he had the, perhaps the, the opportunity when he finally decided to go to Leicester. So now I think he he, got, he will have no place there. Well, I don't know, Cranoviter, for example, River will leave. Yeah. Poncio... Uh, we mentioned he's 33, 33 years old. Either Rodriguez. Either Rodriguez is breaking through now, so you think he's going to replace Cranavita. Uh, I mean, Cambiaso was close, apparently, to joining yes. River before he signed for Leicester this time last year. But with, this, now, with, this, with these world numbers, I don't say no. Perhaps because uh, they have proved they have good uh, they open doors for, for players that have, have already played there. Like, for example, Lucho González, who is not an idol for River Plate supporters. And... It was mentioned he was a Racing uh, supporter, and instead of going to Racing, he came to River. So we don't say no, but uh, it's not close to, to go to River. Mm. Independiente could be a, a, a decent move for him. I mean, could, it wouldn't be the worst way for Independiente to replace Manquecho if he doesn't yeah. end up being sold, for instance. Um, but it would be interesting to see. It wouldn't entirely surprise me if he didn't come back to Argentina, but certainly... He could do a job at, at most of, of, of the, the, the clubs here. Um, Conor Gallagher asks, what is the worst that a non-promoted team can finish at the end of the season and not end up firing their manager? In the new, brave brave new world of a 30-team top flight, God knows, we'll find out at the end of this year, I suppose. But um, sides who've not changed managers so far this year, Atletico Rafaela, haven't they? 
No, I think uh, I think uh, Astrada is still there uh, in the, at the bench. I think. Oh, they have. Oh, of course they have. Sorry, yeah. Roberto Sensini only lasted eight games in charge. Ah, and they've changed another yes. one since then. Well, no, they, they had a, um, a caretaker. Non-promoted Arsenal have changed managers. Olimpo. Just waiting for my browser to load before we go through this. No, Olimpo are on their third manager, second, third, including caretakers. Or I can Colon are definitely. My first defence, he was this, uh, technically with right at the start, well, this time last year, weren't they? Um, by the look of it, Venice Sarsfield, who are 19th at the moment, which is to say 11 places off bottom, I don't think have changed bosses yet. No, they haven't. They've still got Miguel Ángel Russo in charge, and he was in charge at the start of the year. So, so far, 19th. But in terms of finishing places, ask us again um, in another... Eight matches time, and we'll let you know. No, twelve matches time. Sorry, and we'll let you know. Uh, Liam Kelly says, "How much are match tickets compared to here? We're charging thirty-nine to forty-six pounds for our season over the next week versus Bristol City. Um, that's a lot of money in Argentine pesos." Uh, and he's got, they've got another one. But the reason that I ask uh, that I said to you earlier, Remy, about the um, members' fees and whatnot to talk about was that's the question I was talking about. So how much are match tickets, as an example for River, who are obviously one of the more expensive clubs in the country, what do you pay for your, what would you be paying if you were paying it for your River membership and how much would tickets cost on top of that and blah, blah, blah? Um, I think last time I checked um, the monthly fee for, uh, uh, to even to be able to buy tickets, um, being a socio of River, being a member of River. I think the monthly fee was about uh, 250 pesos that might I don't know how how does that translate into two pounds? You're more aware of the, uh, the thirty dollars. Well, yeah. at, at the at the official exchange rate, it's um, probably about thirty pounds at the black market exchange rate. It's about twelve pound fifty. Yes. So ideally, sorry, 20, $20, $25 pounds at the black okay. market is about twelve fifty. So let's say you pay twenty five pounds a month for your membership fee, uh, which at many clubs allows you to uh, go to see, let's say, two matches uh, a month, at least the, the regular tournament matches. Um, but if you want to have a seated, uh, have a seated place, you have either to pay extra for a ticket for that specific match, or uh, as it works in River, you pay at the start of the season a one-time fee. I think last season it was about six or seven hundred pesos. Um, you can do the the, the conversion uh, again uh, to be able to have that seat. Essentially, if, at the moment, if you divide by twenty, then you've got the black market exchange rate in pounds. So 600 pesos will be about 30 pounds. Yeah, so with paying uh, about 25 pounds a month and uh, a one-time 30 uh, pound fee, you'll have your seat for that season. Um, of course, uh, some seats uh, are not reserved and will be available for... Uh, and 40 to 50 pounds was the amount of money you... Even being, the, being a member and having uh, re reserved your place at the Monumental called Tulugar en el Monumental, which means you reserve a ticket, a place for the whole mm. season, uh, cost uh, 50 pounds, 40, 50 pounds. For an entire season then? Not for this much, for Copa Libertadores. I, yeah. I, so it's, that's added to the membership and to the reservation of the place. Uh, of the, of the, and I think what's, what's important to mention here in Argentina is that ticket prices vary a lot. Also, if a team performs well during the season, uh, uh, 
tickets will rise in prices and if they don't have a chance of being champions again uh, prices will, will drop and the only way to, to, to get the, those tickets is uh, online uh, the internet sites and it's collapsed and it's no. worth mentioning that uh, it's only really River and Boca who you're going to have this much difficulty you have to be a member before you can even think about buying tickets um, obviously unless you're a tourist in which case you come to Buenos Aires you get in touch with some of the tourist agencies and that's how you get in um, well, let's uh, mention uh, those for, prices for as well. For a club like, well, I mean, in, in terms of match going tickets, I want to say first of all, for a club like Racing, for instance, if you wanted um, a seated ticket in, in one of the decent stands with a, a good view over the pitch, you'd be paying probably about two hundred to two hundred and fifty pesos as a non-member, um, and, and that's one way you could go onto the club shop a couple of days before the game. Obviously, with the exception of the, the Classico against Independiente, and buy the ticket without being a member. For River or Boca, you can't, you can't do that unless you're a member. Um, for the tourist prices, you're talking upwards of $100 for River and Boca. And, and yeah, for regular season matches, of course, not talking about the Super Classico or, or any other important match. Um, but, but even in lower tiers, um, let's take Atlanta, for example, a club uh, who plays uh, uh, in the third division. I think that the... the, the, the and they're a team that usually attract between like maybe 1,500, 2,500 fans. Um, if you're not uh, a member, you pay for uh, a, a seater, you pay about uh, $20 for just one match. Yeah. Uh, standing, uh, maybe uh, 10 to $15. And they're expensive, but they're a third-tier team. The other thing is that it's, it's worth just mentioning again that in comparison with what Liam's saying, uh, for a second uh, a, a, a championship, sorry, a second division match mm. in England, 39 to £46. Pounds. So in comparison with... English prices, the prices that we're quoting now, maybe an extra fifty pounds if you're already a River member yeah. to get into the Copa Libertadores final it sounds insanely cheap. Yes. Um, but in comparison with what people actually earn here, and also bearing in mind that we are talking there about black market exchange rates, which you must not ever use when you come to Argentina because they'll close hand the pot down, and we couldn't possibly recommend it, even though all of us do when we have foreign currency to sell. Um, don't do them, it's very naughty. Um, but if you compare with those, it sounds really cheap to, to people listening in England or in the States or wherever. But actually, f- compared with you know, the vast majority of River Plate fans are Argentines, the vast majority of Boca Juniors fans are Argentines, and in terms of what they probably earn per month, it's significantly higher than if you're an English fan with a season ticket to, to go and yeah. see. Yes, it. 10% of their salary, perhaps, for this Copa Libertadores yeah. final. Um, Leo also says it was a good result for River last night I'd favour them at home but Tigres are no mugs are Mora and Biundes out for the second leg the answer to which is maybe probably we'll see um, also guessing there are no games next weekend late night of August oh we've answered that one already uh, correct Liam well done good guess uh, Florencia who excuse, I, excuse me too, too. is like the entire uh, because a few weeks ago we had elections here in Buenos Aires and there were no matches on Sunday, but there were they were played on because Saturday. Because it was just the jurisdiction. There were no matches in the city of Buenos Aires on Sunday. Yes. No, but on but Saturday they were. So maybe yeah. next week there will be matches on Saturday. In, is it just in Capital Federal? That no, it's, it will be nationwide, the, the election. But okay. it's only on Sunday, so there's no reason not to play on ah, Friday or Saturday. Okay, so maybe that's happening. But the, as I said, the fixture... Because of the travelling, perhaps, times and that stuff, yeah. and the logistics, and the... the, the it's apart. I, th- I think there is a law that well, when there is yeah, national yeah, elections, right. presidential, uh, there will be no no, as, no football. As I said earlier, the fixture list that I have was a week out compared with the date that Andres was giving, but it did have a one week gap. 
which presumably is going to be for, for the elections. So presumably so. Um, Florencia, who is Remy's girlfriend, has tweeted us in. Hello, Florencia. Um, saying, was the Copa Argentina with 30 teams such a bad idea? Oh, sorry, I think she means the, the Primera División, doesn't she? With 30 teams, such a bad idea. Um, I kind of like the long championship, though. Thoughts? First thought is, it's not a long championship. It's a short championship with more teams because you've still not got everybody playing against everybody else home and away. I said that earlier in the year, but let's back it up now. And um, was it a bad idea? I yes. think the current form is a very yes. an awful idea. Why not just have an 80, maybe 20 team uh, uh, Primera División and everybody play each side, each we've, side twice? We've been learning about it already all year, but I mean it's fairly obvious that sides like Nueva Chicago. Um, let's just go with the newly promoted sides first of all but Nuevo Chicago Crucero Bernote Colón Huracán Sarmiento frankly are not good enough for the top flight the reason that I'm only going with newly promoted is that we have to accept that Atletico de Rafael and Arsenal to establish Primera sides are also down very low in the table but that's going to happen over the course of a season and if you have a relegation system that's one season long and if we were you know if, if the season had finished just before the Copa America those two sides would have been relegated because they weren't good enough for the Primera. You can't have a Primera División where a third of the teams are almost by definition not good enough for the top flight. Um, so I'm going with yes to that. Andres? Same. I think I copy-paste okay. what you have said because yes, it's ridiculous the way they, it's not a bad idea a long tournament, which is not in this case. With Yes, a bad idea with 30 teams, but uh, the way they organized it, the, the way they planned, planned uh, that ten teams will be uh, uh, promoted in, in in a row in a in only one step. It's yes, it's uh, terror, terror. Yeah. They are of course trying to repeal it from next year onwards anyway, um, and we look forward to them doing so. And Liam's back with one more. He says, "If I'm not late, you're not Liam. Don't worry." Uh, what happens if Tigres win the Copa Libertadores? They can't qualify for next year's because they're playing the Concacaf Champions League. And that's one point that we haven't mentioned because, of course, we knew that, that River are going to be in the Club World Cup and the South American Super Cup next year, come what may. Um, that is, I think, it's not they, I think that is not 100% confirmed that What's they will that? play Recopa. Oh, I, I heard it was, but. They, well, there was, I think that the Cormebol will, will make a. Yeah, I mean, it's South America, so yes. River are definitely in the, in, in going to Japan. Um, whatever happens and I would guess that if Tigris can't play the Libertadores next year then, then Riffle would take their place but again this is Conmebol we're talking but about but if they win it and maybe they don't they'll, maybe they'll find a way to let Bok in but I, I think if they, if they win it and they of course they won't be able to go to, to Japan they, that, that will change things I think mm. uh, well what's the problem I, uh, if I am Mexican I would say what's the problem for, for Club World Cup that there are two Mexican clubs because we deserve, deserve it. It's not a problem of CONCACAF, uh, CONMEBOL. No, I think it's more just that the confederations don't want to be represented by a club who's not from that confederation. In the other hand, if you are the you are a CONCACAF member and you accept CONMEBOL regulations and you play the Copa Libertadores, say already knowing that you won't qualify to the mm -hmm. World Club World Cup, well then you do you uh, have reason to complain. But what well, it's before we end the list, well, we haven't in fact now ended the list of questions. Before we go to some music, uh, there have been three Copa Argentina matches played since we last recorded. One was on Thursday last week when Argentinos Juniors exited 
the Copa Argentina, losing 1-0 to Guarani Antonio Franco, whom you've probably never heard of. Um, Guarani Antonio Franco are going to be playing Boca Juniors in the round of 16, because Boca, on Wednesday, uh, just before Rivers Libertadores' first leg, um, played Banfield and won 3-0, Carlos Tevez scoring the third goal. It was a wonderful free kick, and it was his first goal, of course, since returning to Boca. So there we go, that's the weekly mandatory mention of Carlos Tevez's name in the podcast. And just before we recorded, Quilmes sealed a 3-0 win over Independiente Rivadavia de Mendoza to book their place um, in the last 16 as well, where they will play, I think it's Estudiantes de la Plata, um, most of the last 16 hasn't yet been decided. But we do know that Rosario said probably going to be playing either Ferro or Los Andes. Estudiantes play Quilmes. Uh, Gimnasia La Plata play either Acasuso or Vélez Sarsfield. So given the form that Vélez are in at the moment, that's going to be Acasuso, presumably. Chacarita Juniors lie in wait for either Tempele or Defensa Justicia. Um, as I say, Warren Antonio Franco are playing Boca Juniors. Um, we are now going to take another break. And when we come back from it, Mystic Sam will be telling you what to bet on this weekend, in which there are only 13 matches. I Bloody hell, we should have mentioned that, shouldn't we? Um, very sad news. Well, but, we um, mentioned River won't play against Defensive Justicia. You have the other one. Yeah, we'll, we'll mention the other one uh-huh. just as soon as we come back. Uh, Mystic Sam will, will discuss it uh, before giving his predictions um, with a, a more sombre tone of voice. Um, but for now, don't go away. Before Mystic Sam's predictions this week, um, as I said before the break, there are only 13 Primera matches this week. Defensive Justicia against River is, of course, postponed due to River's um, participation in the Copa Libertadores final. Um, but uh, Lanús match uh, away to San Martín de San Juan has also been postponed for rather sadder reasons. Um, on Tuesday morning, Lanús defender Diego Barisone was killed in a high-speed um, car crash, um, presumably visiting friends or family or something in, in Santa Fe province, which is where he's from. He's a former Union player as well. Um, the police said that his car was doing 195 kilometres an hour when it hit the back of a, a truck in front of it on the motorway and, and flipped, and those are not... Um, German autobahn standard motorways, it's safe to say. Um, rest in peace to Diego Barisone. We're, we're very, um, obviously, our thoughts are with his, his friends and family. Um, at the same time, I think that more should be made in the Argentine press, given how Argentines drive of the fact that he was doing such a bloody ridiculous speed and putting himself and other people in danger when it happened. Um, this is a country where road education I think is, is sorely lacking in fact funnily enough on Monday evening I was asking why all of the road safety adverts that get played at half time at the full paradox appear to be aimed at 7 or 8 year old children rather than at adults um, the, the highway in which Diego uh, Barizone crashed and finally died is uh, is uh, there, there are trucks there there are trucks that of course don't go so fast so you go at 195 kilometers an hour and you know that by that highway because he's from Santa Fe and knows how the, that highway is 
well, it's, it's terrible. Uh, and that means having three uh, players dead in three or four months. Yeah, of course, because they were the two. Different circumstances, yeah. uh, Manuel Ortega with the crashing against the uh, wall, uh, then Christian Gomez with a heart attack, and now this. So there are several circumstances, but the result is the same. Yeah. Uh, Union's match is going on this weekend. Uh, it's just the Lanús one that has been postponed, Lanús being uh, Barry Sully's current club. Uh, but that's why there are only 13 um, matches this weekend. And uh, as we say, rest in peace, Diego Barry Sully. Um, Anyway, on that note, let's get on with the predictions. Atletico de Rafaela versus Alba Civi is the only Friday match this weekend, and I think it's going to end all square. Estudiantes de la Plata against Leda Chicago is going to be an Estudiantes victory, in spite of how bad they were last weekend. Argentinos Juniors against Godoy Cruz. I think it's going to be a Godoy Cruz win. If I'm correct, then it would be Godoy Cruz's first win in something like seven away matches. Uh, Colón de Santa Fe against Independiente, I think is an Independiente win all day long. Rosario Central against Sarmiento is a San- Central win, sorry, I, I almost said Sarmiento win, then that would be ridiculous. Uh, Racing against Belgrano is a draw for me. Boca Juniors versus Union de Santa Fe is a Boca victory. San Lorenzo de Almagro against Gimnasia La Plata is a draw, so Boca to extend their lead at the top is what I'm going for this week. Um, Olimpo against Newell's Old Voice, I think it's going to be a draw as well. Tempele versus Vélez Sarsfield is another draw. Crucero del Norte against Huracan. Crucero del Norte's pitch to help them to a point. Ariel Colsa is missing uh, for Crucero del Norte, so they might not. That, that's why I'm not going for them to get a win, basically. I think it's going to be a draw. Um, Banfield against Arsenal de Sarandi is a win for Banfield. Sorry, yes, a Banfield victory. Um, and Tigre versus Quilmes, I think, is going to be very, very tight indeed. I think it will be decided by one goal, and I think that that goal will be scored by Tigre. But hopefully, Tigres won't experience similar luck a couple of days afterwards um, well lucky about Boca uh, I think in the f- the match they have to play against Union mm. in the uh, Boca Stadium and San Lorenzo were the only team with possibilities to to reach them play against uh, Gimnasia also on their, their, on their stadium on, the, on their pitch but uh, Gimnasia that is coming very very well so Yes, yeah, and um, obviously River are going to end up with a match in hand after this weekend, and I think there's been some talk that River's following match as well. I think they're against... Uh, who is it? Hang on a second. Um, that the match again, San Martin might also end up getting postponed, in which case San Martin are going to be playing for a couple of straight weekends. I'm not sure why that is. I think... Have River got the... Um, oh, I think it might be to do with the Suruga Bank. River tried to get the Suruga Bank trophy postponed because um, they're in that as a result of winning last year's Copa Sudamericana, of course, and it's six days after the second leg of the Libertadores final. Um, they don't want to play it then. They they prefer to play it when they have to go to Japan in December anyway to cut down on travel time and presumably to cut down on expenses. 
Um, I don't know whether there's been an answer given to that yet, but if they do have to play it, then they're going to be able to ask for the San Martin match in the 20th round to also be postponed. Um, so River have got at least one game in hand after this weekend, and have got a, with the exception of maybe a visit to Estudiantes, have got a fairly accessible looking fixture list in the rest of the run up to the next Super Classical, which is in a few weeks' time. Um, some but, yeah, for the moment at least, Boca are going to be able to, to ensure that they're going to stay top of the league so, for a while. Actually, if you look at the rest of River's schedule until the end of the season, it doesn't look that bad not at all. Right, they're away to Independiente, and obviously they have to host Boca, but with those exceptions, bearing in mind the kind of form that St. Lanus are in at the moment, and, uh, well, Newells could pick themselves up, of course, but they've got both of those sides at home. It's not a bad running to have. They're going to have to combine it with a, a tilt at defending the Copa Sudamericana, of course, um, and possibly wanting to rest a few players towards the end to ensure they don't get too many injuries for the, the Club World Championship. But, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad position to be in. Um, don't think there's anything else to add, Mr. For now. In that case, yeah. ladies and gents, we shall say thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, the Argentina Independent, who have been particularly generous this week, we should say, in providing our alcohol, because whereas very frequently um, I'll have a couple of fernets and Andres uh, being um, Argentine and, and also quite small, uh, will only have one. Uh, this week, the Argentina Independent have had the misfortune of having to pay for alcohol drunk by both an Englishman and a Dutchman, and therefore have had to uh, shell out for rather more fernet than they normally would in a given week. But uh, they're very generous, and they do provide wonderful English language, news and current affairs and photo essays and interesting little bits and pieces about Argentine history and all the rest of it, both from Argentina and across Latin America, and you should read them for free on argentinaindependent.com and follow them on Argentina Indy, that's Argentina I-N-D-Y on Twitter. Um, thank you very much to them, as ever, for sponsoring us. Thank you in the meantime as well um, to Andres. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you to Remy for coming along. It's a pleasure. And thank you and goodbye from me. Goodbye.